All right, welcome back, Bikepacker fans. I'm your host, Neil Belchenko. Today is another episode of Bikepacker Radio, and today we have Billy Rice on the air with us. Um, Billy, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Um, and if if nobody uh, in the bikepacking world out there knows exactly who Billy Rice is, uh, Billy uh, most notably is known for last year doing the yo-yo of the Tour Divide. He started in Antelope Wells, went all the way up to Banff, and then decided to make his way back down to Antelope Wells. Um, so Billy is the first person to ever do um, the yo-yo of the Tour Divide, which, I mean, most people can't even fathom doing uh doing it in one direction and so he did it in two which is pretty incredible um so billy currently uh, resides in bryan texas grew up in san antonio texas um and uh and, and billy i wanted to start off what do you do for work real quick well i'm a i'm a flight paramedic uh i manage an air medical helicopter that's uh, in bryan texas and um I work for a company called PHI Air Medical, who's, uh, for some crazy reason, been more than um, supportive overall of all the craziness. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I ride in the back of a helicopter and uh, fly around what we call the Brazos Valley, which okay. is a geographical area more than an actual valley. Um, right. I think it's a valley, but if you have mountains around you, you wouldn't... <laughs> so much call what we you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's belly sure yeah well cool and so that that i mean that's got to be uh a rush you're in a in a helicopter how many i guess how many times a day or uh how many times a week are you or are you doing that all the time or or what yeah yeah no it's it's pretty busy here um we're kind of in a little isolated community um, we don't, you know, I don't know, we probably have 300,000 people or so uh, in the area, but there are no interstate highways here. Okay. So it's uh, it's pretty rural and pretty remote. It's kind of like a little island. So we stay pretty busy. Uh, this time of year, we're doing two, three, four flights a day. Wow. Uh, which is definitely enough to wear you out. Sure. You know, everything from strokes and heart attacks to car accidents and just whatever. You know, we go to... If they're sick, we go. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what we do, yeah. Man, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's it's something you train up to, you know, and it just becomes a job, kind of becoming cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get to work on people who are having pretty poor day their entire life. Right. It's not um, like an ambulance where, you know, it's not as serious a, of a call. It's usually what fight for type situations. Yeah, yeah, every single call is, um, you know, I, and I say that, you know, we still, you know, have our occasional calls that we would, you know, consider not as sick as others, but, yep. uh, you know, overall they're all very ill. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. And then, so I wanted to kind of segue into that. So how, how, how is the training going in Texas? I mean, you, you have some races coming up this summer, um, are you mainly sticking on the the road bike? I know that, what the Trans Am's the first race, so I'd assume maybe you're sticking on the road bike. But in terms of what it's it's got to be pretty hot down there right now. And and how's you know how how is training in Texas? It's I'm from Colorado, so I have no idea. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's horrible. Okay, I, I, you know, there's just no other way to to describe it. You know, obviously, I've ridden bikes in a lot of states. 
Um, and Texas is at least my part of, you know, Texas is obviously a big state and, yeah. and there's areas where there's hills and, and whatnot, but not where I'm at. It, it's farmland here. It would remind you more of Kansas, I think, mm-hmm. than, uh, than anything else. Okay. Um, so the, the training is, is very difficult. Um, you know, I kind of realized early on, you know, you, I'm a bigger guy in general. I'm like 6'5", 210 normally. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you look at the guys at the front of the pack, man, in the Tour Divide, and they're all, they're not 6'5", 210 right. for the most part, <clears throat> which makes those passes hard. Uh, you know, and I can't go outside my backyard and, and climb hills all day. So, um, you know, I really kind of had to adjust my plan to a lot more time in the gym. Okay. You know, I had to, uh, one of my very best friends, Dave Merrithouse, is uh, is a trainer here in town. I just kind of had to break down and be like, dude, like you gotta like you gotta you gotta fix me, like you gotta make me stronger right. off the bike, uh, and that's definitely helped. Um, and then as we get closer, just spending a lot of time on the bike, obviously, um, but I do it in kind of spurts. Like I don't like to ride every day because I, I think that kind of gets counterproductive at times. Um, you know, but if I can go out and do eight or ten hours on a single ride, you know, once a week and then time in the gym, um, it seems to be working, at cool. least at some level for me. Right. Um, you know, I do okay. The so, bike's always loaded. I don't even, you know, I don't think I really know what it's like to ride a bike that doesn't have a whole bunch of bags and stuff <laughs> attached to it. That's, that's a good thing, because that's funny you mention that. Whenever I... Uh, do any bikepacking uh, race or, you know, trying to train for another bikepacking race, I it's like two weeks ahead of time that I'll actually load my bike. And it's like, God, dope, why did I do that? Like, it's so painful. So, yeah, well, and I think that's, you know, and I think that's really hard. Um, you know, you look at the number of riders who drop out of the tour divide and they cite you know tendon ligament you know knee problems or whatever the case may be um so i think it's important to train you know year round uh, the way you're going to be when you're when you're out there racing Uh, because i do think your body adapts to that at some level um so you know it, it it's really all i can do and um and riding around here too, it's, it's pretty remote. Uh, so I, there's, you know, and there's not water everywhere, you okay. know, so you have to carry a lot. You know, if I go out on an eight hour ride, I mean, I got to carry three or four liters of water, you know, just to make it, you know, between places where I can refill. So the bike's always heavy. Right. Well, it's good. Figure maybe it's, maybe it's like a hill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, uh. I don't know. It's hard. And, you know, the other thing that's funny about training here is uh, everything is a loop. You know, obviously, I have to, like, leave my house and come back to my house. Right? Yep. So, like, makes a big circle. Well, there's always, like, a 15 or 20 knot wind out of the south, like, coming off the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, always. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of headwind training. Right. So, the rides are are, are actually slower. Uh, you know, my, my training rides are actually always slower then I wind up, you know, on a point-to-point race. Um, interesting. So that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, briefly talk. I know that you've probably talked about this to so many people over the past year. But um, Tour Divide stuff, you 
I, I guess the the one question was, um, and I and I think I asked you this on um, the Q and A on the website, but why? What what made you decide to do the back and forth, the yo yo, um, from Antelope Wells to Banff and then back to Antelope Wells? Well, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, so overall, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Obviously, I think there's a lot to this question. There's a whole lot yeah. to this question. Um, Maybe I mean, obviously, uh, I I'm kind of a typical guy. I have a typical job, um, kind of in suburban America. The whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in 2011, um, you know, I saw this movie on Netflix. You're probably familiar, right? I mean, Ride the Divide, right? Yep. Like, so it's like playing on Netflix. So I watched like the intro of this movie, and I realized what was about to happen. I had to turn it off. <laughs> and uh, my wife came home, and I was like, "You've got to watch this. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my whole life." And uh, of course, at the end of it, I was like, "I got to do that, right?" You know, and uh, you know, I got to figure that out. And she's like, "Okay," you know. And so, twenty eleven or twenty twelve, uh, you know, I did like twenty five days. You know, I was like the mid pack guy, like fiftieth percentile guy. That was me. And, um, which is pretty good for first year. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even own a bike when I saw Ride the Divide. Okay. Wow. You know, um, I had raced, you know, mountain bikes back in high school, right? Like, right. I mean, I, it, it had been a while and I have a lot of mountain time in general. Um, you know, I have a lot of time backpacking and climbing and, and all over Colorado and Wyoming, you know, the wilderness travel part was, was easy. The solitude parts, you know, all that stuff was easy. Um, applying it to a bicycle was, you know, uh, kind of the, the piece that I wanted to figure out. Um, well, somewhere in there, when I just kind of started learning about the divide and the history and the people who had gone before, who I just thought were in- incredible, really, um, uh, something, somebody said something to me, and I don't remember who it was. I don't remember where. I, I don't remember when the thought first occurred. Um, but it was about the fact that one of these guys was going to turn around in Antelope Wells in 2012 and go back to Canada. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the thought of that, obviously I could hardly, you know, wrap my head around going one way. Uh, the thought of that just was incredibly intriguing to me. Um, so I thought about it a lot in 2012 because while there were certainly painful moments and, I, you know, I think the first time on the divide for anybody is, is pretty highly emotionally charged in general. Yep. Um, you know, I thought about that a lot. And I thought about, you know, what it, would it be like? Um, so coming off of 2012, I knew I wanted to go back. I knew that I was not done on that route. Okay. Uh, and that route definitely left a pretty special mark on me and uh, but I didn't know I didn't know what the right challenge was um, you know there's the single speed guys and the, I mean you know you got all that and uh, just none of that really fit right and so I tossed this crazy idea um, out to to my boss uh, at the time and uh, they didn't say no <laughs> oh, gosh <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, they didn't say no. Like, that's crazy. Right. Um, I guess, like, i got to make it happen. Wow. 
and uh, and you know, then then there it is, and, and I was able to uh, you know to, to get the pieces together and and, mm-hmm. uh, and make it happen. Uh, it took a lot of support. You know, we say these things are, are self-supported and all that, and, and I guess they are while you're out there. But man, you know, when you're away from home and the kids and the responsibilities and work is still going on and. Man, there's a lot of support on the other side. Yep. Yeah, and that that was going to ask. So you you have uh, two kids, is it? Yeah. Uh, yep. Married, two kids. Um, okay. And you know, and I, <laughs> one of them's like starting to drive. Okay. Yep. It's like all that, right? Like 15 and a nine year old, and uh, you know, and they totally get into it uh, sure. as well. I drug them over the mountains, you know, their whole lives. They they think everybody in Texas owns ice axes. You know, they think that's normal. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, reason to do it. Boss says, uh, doesn't say no. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, well uh, you know, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've, I've uh, said for a long, you know, there's so much more to this, I think. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've said uh, for, for a long time, um, the job that we do in the air medical industry and you see it in the firefighters and you see it in law enforcement and you see, um, you see these guys, uh, with what I would consider accumulated stress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're dealing with acute stress all the time and I won't break down into all the psychology and physiology of all this, but I think we're doing it wrong in a lot of ways. <coughs> and, um, you know, part of, dealing with, you know, line of duty death, um, you know, with injuries in your coworkers, just kind of with the day-to-day thing that goes on with a job like that, mm-hmm. um, is separating it out, is, uh, is leaving a mark somewhere, is motivating people around you, you know, because I get it all the time, you know, not everybody needs uh, a three-week self-supported race to move their life forward. Like, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, you know, tour divide is for everybody, but people see like a normal guy get up from an office and be like, hey, I'm going to go race to Mexico. Like, I'll be right back. Right. And that sparks something. It turns it. Yeah, exactly. You know, that sparks something in people. Um, you know, my company, PHIR Medical, has kind of this tagline and uh, it's beyond the call. You know, obviously we call our flights calls, you know, yep. but um and it's basically, you know, kind of this premise of life outside um, of that specific call you're on. You know, the, the prep that it takes to get there, um, the stability that it takes when you're not there. Uh, you know, there's so much to that. Um, but motivating people to do the crazy or to do the ridiculous is really just kind of where I've, I feel like that's kind of where my niche is. And not everybody understands it for sure. And I don't really need them to. Yep. Um, but I think all of that kind of wrapped up into this thing that wound up being this, you know, really crazy adventure on the divide. And I certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. And you know, there's another guy going out attempting a yo-yo this year. He, okay. So I, I was curious. I was trying to do my research on that before um, this interview, and I, I. I didn't find anything. Um, yeah. Uh, well, um, I mean, he's on the list. Okay. Uh, and I don't know him, uh, Terry Brannick. Now, this will be interesting because he he's going to start with the Grand Depart and oh. go to Mexico. Oh. And turn around. That'll be, wow. Okay. 
Because honestly, I you, cannot emotionally wrap my head around that. No, because and you started way before. When did you start last year? Yep. So I started twenty days before. Yep. Okay. My goal was twenty days, and I knew that was a little ambitious, maybe, but I really felt like I could do it. Um, I was kind of I was plagued with mechanicals. It was really kind of frustrating, uh, but that's just kind of part of it. Yep. Uh, so I was a day and a half, two days late. Um, behind the depart, which actually was fun also. But to me, uh, there were two big components uh, in doing it that direction. The first one um, was I thought that, you know, I'd be pretty tired, obviously, after, you know, getting to Banff, Mm -hmm. that racing everybody back to Mexico would be kind of like an emotional carrot or a boost. Totally. Yeah, you know. And then the other part of it um, is that, man, you know, Antelope Wells is the end. Yep. I mean, I'm not Shell. Right. 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 But Banff is, uh, you know, at least in my own head, Banff is the beginning. Antelope Wells is the end. And I couldn't imagine getting to Antelope Wells and turning around. Okay. Like, I I don't know. To me, that would, that was, that would be, that'd be hard. You know, maybe for other people, it's more mechanical than that. Um, but you thought about it and oh yeah for a while yeah well what's this guy's name Terry Brannick Terry Brannick cool yeah I have not met him I'm actually looking for his email address because I'd at least like to you know wish him wish him well totally I, you know I hope he does he does well you know when you're out that long a lot of things have to come into have to come into play to you know yep. make it work right yeah no absolutely well cool that's um. That's at least we got another storyline for this year's divide, which is exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So shell money. Um, I, that was one thing I wanted to ask. Uh, did when did you run into him? Uh, do you? I mean, are you guys now friends? I know that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I I um I met Shell for the first time in 2012 crossing. Okay. And obviously, like, I, I was just, you know, I was, I was kind of starstruck, I guess. Like, I knew who he was. Yep. Um, but, you know, you've got this guy out there on this, like, dingle speed contraption. And, man, he's, he's going faster than I am. Yeah. You know? Like, just kind of the whole philosophy um, kind of intrigued me. And then um, in last year, it was funny because we, we, kinda, we crossed paths at almost the same spot. We were on the Idaho Rail Trail. Okay. And... Um, you know, he, he, you know, we, we came up to each other and of course I knew who he was and, and he didn't place me at first and he was kind of starting to give me some tips and I was like, Oh, I know. Like I was just here like a couple weeks ago <laughs> you know? and then, you know, so we, uh, we chatted for a good, you know, 30, 45 minutes or, or so. Uh, and then we've just, we've talked ever since. Cool. Um, but one of the things, you know, that is, is, you know, he built his own bike yep. and, uh, and so I, I, and I loved it, right? Like it's a, it's a 29 plus, you know, kind of built around the Nard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I just, it's got a very, it's, it's what I would call shell style. Okay. You know, it, it's definitely not going to be on the front page of, you know, mountain bike action probably. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, when I got done with, of course with the yo-yo, um, you know, the, the thought then converted to, well, what's next? And, uh, and the Trans Am actually wasn't even a thought at, at the time. And so I contacted Shell and uh, basically said, hey, so, you know, how do you feel about building a tandem 29 plus around the Nard? 
uh, I want to race it on the divide. And, uh, and so we're actually kind of knee deep in that project. And the, the hope is my daughter and I on the divide, um, next year. Cool. That's on awesome. A shell, a shell original. Awesome. Yeah. That, um, that might be the first father daughter combo tandem ever, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause if the divide wasn't harder, you know, hard enough <laughs> right. to a 16 year old. Oh man. Yeah, You're something else. That's fun. <laughs> um, well, cool. Yeah, and then um, it, it, I, I haven't heard. He is he gonna is he racing this year? Or I haven't heard much I, I from him. So. Okay. I, I haven't asked him specifically. Uh, he was actually in Brian, crazy enough, oh. a few days ago. Okay. Uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't talked to him about that specifically. But I don't think that he is. Okay. <laughs> I think two years in a row is uh, is plenty. It wears you out for sure. I bet. Yeah. Um, all right. Last tour divide question uh, for people kind of wanting to do it, uh, including myself, which I actually I plan on doing it next year. But what what would be one piece of advice that you would give them? Yeah. So you have to enjoy the moment that you're in. Like, and I can't stress this enough, right? Like, so you look at all these guys that are out there on the divide together and half of them drop Mm -hmm. they're climbing the same hills they're in the same rain they're running out of food at the same time they're dealing with the same problems but half of them drop and half of them keep going and um the only difference is the way those people look at their problems in my opinion Mm -hmm. You know, the guys that hang in and the guys that make it work have the ability to make that hill um, positive. You know, it, yep. it's, uh, I don't know who said this best, but uh, type two fun. Yeah. Right? Like, so, so type one fun is like fun, that, it's like fun while you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then type two fun is, is fun that number one causes amnesia. And then number two, you know, is fun after the fact. Right. Um, but keep, you know, you don't have to necessarily enjoy the fact that it's pouring down rain and you're soaking wet and cold and you don't have any food. Um, but you have to be able to laugh at that. You have to be able to smile. You have to be able to find, you know, some level of, of keeping that positive. And um, and you can practice that, you know, in, in, your, just in your daily life. You know, you have to stop reacting negatively. Um the situations that happen around you, you know, the stereotypical example, somebody, you know, cuts you off on the highway, you know, it's just the, the, the reaction seemingly demanded by society is, you know, you honk your horn, you give them the bird, whatever. Yeah. But what good does that do? Like it, that, it's just, you know, you're, you're being controlled by your environment at that point. And uh, I think the guys who do the divide the cleanest, um, you know, are the guys who can control that and it's all perception and the guys who can uh, see the positive and enjoy the moment. I, you know, I think that they're, they're definitely the most successful, but you got to enjoy the moment that you're in. I think that's uh, it's hugely important. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's really good advice. <clears throat> I'll be, uh, sitting on my bike next year trying to, uh, to, to remember that as much as yeah, I can. Well, I'll be there. You know, it's, 
it's, it's so interesting because you can't see antelope wells until you're three miles away. Right. Uh. So, <laughs> Don't think about it. I mean, you just can't. There's a hill in the way. Right. So, you know, whether you're four miles from antelope wells or you're 1,500 miles from antelope wells, it's really all the same. Yeah. Um, you know, so you... Yeah, it's uh, 2,700 miles is a long way, and, um, you know, it's obviously it's very, very difficult for people, um, at least who haven't been there before, to fathom, you know, that this is doable. Yeah. You know, so it's so easy to get overwhelmed, and so I, I just, for me, I would just not think about it. Right. You know, I, I, you know, wherever I am tomorrow is where I am tomorrow. I, I'm not thinking about tomorrow now. I'm thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, that that helped me. That was, you know, that really, I think, um, obviously I enjoy it, you know, or I wouldn't have been up there forever. Right. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you enjoyed it more than many others, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't remember. Jill Homer blogged about it in one of her blogs, and I don't remember exactly the way that she worded it, but something about um, the maximal, you know, enjoyment of a single mountain bike ride. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and Billy <laughs> Rice had that. Yeah, it was good. Oh, man. Cool. Well, it should be fun to watch this year. And, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, move on to the Trans Am. So, um, what, I guess what, it's kind of a similar race in, in terms of long distance, epic ride. Um, but uh, the Trans Am, if nobody knows about that, goes from uh, Astoria. It's a, it's a first year event. Um, it's a route on the American Cycling Association. Um, they have a, maps and whatnot for those. But it goes from Astoria, Oregon to Yorktown, Virginia. Um, and, yeah, so what made you want to do this race? So um, the tandem wasn't quite – I mean, it was just – it was not going to be feasible um, to be ready, uh, number one. Number two, my daughter was just not going to be ready. Right. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's just things that it just it wasn't really feeling right. So I was really kind of set up in my head uh, to just to go back out on the divide and, uh, you know, really try to push hard, really try to knock it out. You know, I have a few more goals on the divide uh, that are kind of my own that I'd still like to accomplish. And I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I can go out there and, and do that. Um, but then... Um, you know, they posted about this, the Trans Am, uh, and I can remember, you know, some of the very first Facebook postings about the race, and it was almost, I don't want to say a joke, I mean, I think it was very real, mm-hmm. but it was very, hey guys, you know, we're thinking about doing this, you know, haha. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the next thing, you know, you know, Neil, and then, you know, they had a hundred and something people signed up. Exactly, yep. Um, and then it was like, oh. You know, this is this is uh, this is a real race. Yep. I don't think I Nathan. I know. So Nathan Jones is the organizer. I don't think he ever yes. uh, thought that it would blow up this big. And now, what we have, Mike Dion producing a film about it, and it, yeah. So did you see he uh, Mike finally re- he uh, he did the official release on it today? Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Um, that's, so the yeah, the title is uh, "Inspired to Ride." Okay. Yep. Um, and he did, he actually called me. Cool. Uh, I don't know who the others are, but he did. He called me, almost crashed my car. (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) so. Well, what did he um, have to say? uh, Yeah, I was very, very flattered by that. Um, 
you know, and I, and I had already, you know, I had made the decision to, to do it. Uh, and I, you know, I, but again, I didn't even own a road bike. Right. You know, it's like, oh, this is pavement. So yep. It's different. Um, yeah, so it's been, you know, just that whole piece has been an adventure trying to learn to ride a road bike. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's hard to stay up on those skinny little tires. Isn't like, it? It's, yeah. <sighs> It is. And I life at 20, 20 plus miles an hour, like try to open a map. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's different. Um, well, it should be really interesting. I'm really excited to kind of follow follow the race um, with uh, well, now you and, and, and I know Mike Hall is doing it. Any uh, Anybody else uh, that are notables? Um, yeah, well... I know quite a few, but, um, you know, Brian Steele, okay. uh, will be racing and, um, you, you actually probably know this guy. He's, uh, he's the predator like for real. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like the actual guy, like, uh, he was like Harry from Harry and the Henderson, okay. uh, like the TV series. Like he's a, he's a suit actor, avatar. Oh. He, yeah. He's been in all kinds of stuff and he raced on the divide last year. Um, and he got, he got hit by a truck, I think, broke uh, his arm, still finished. Wow. Like crazy. Um, yeah, so, you know, there's several, Richard Castillo, you know, again, from the Divide last year, a whole host of, of folks that I met last year. Cool. Um, and it also looks like there's a big section of guys who have at least some level of ultra racing experience, um, which is... I think very different than the divide. Yep. And, uh, it's going to make it some real racing. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm just, yeah, it's, I'm really shocked because I'm just, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how it kind of pans out. Like how, how people, um, uh, not necessarily attack, but how people, you know, start off the race. Um, if people like, um, <laughs> you know, like my call just goes for it or something. Uh, you know, and I have, you have to be, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, I, uh, I Facebooked most of my ride last year. I, I don't know if you saw any of, the, of that, um, you know, and, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of did a, from the bike seat critique of day one on the divide last year. Okay. And, uh, you know, and I saw all of those guys. Right, like so, their day two southbound. I saw every single rider. Like it's really a crazy perspective to have. Right. Um. So I could tell who was tired, who wasn't tired. You know, right. who was pushing and playing with the group, and yeah, and I, it was really kind of interesting. And uh, then Max Morris and I had a actually a quite lengthy conversation when we finally crossed paths. Um, about that and really what I, I don't really have any other word for it other than the day one craziness. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think some people enjoy that and the, and the people that do, you know, more power to them, they'll do really well. Um, you know, I, I saw my call ride, like I get it. Like the guys, he's out there. Yep. And, uh, you know, and he has the ability to just to play with the group and, and wear people down around him. 
is kind of entertaining. Wow. Um, and I think that you have to keep from getting wrapped up in that. At least that's my plan. Right. Um, you know, to just remember, you know, what the goal is, you know, what my goal is and, and keeping myself healthy so I can maintain the pace. Yep. Um, um because when you, you know, a hundred and something people, whatever that list is up to, um, yeah, you're going to have some people push really hard that first day. Yeah. And I tell all the new people too, you know, as far as advice goes, you know, if you're in a race where 50% of the people are going to drop, uh, 50, you know, percent of the people in front of you are going to drop. Right. You know, so one out of every two that pass you are going to drop, um, you know, so you just got to, again, live in the moment, have fun with the start, um, try to enjoy day one for, for whatever it is. I personally don't like the first day or the last days yeah. of these things too much. You know, your body's trying to adjust and, and all that, but um, it is, I think it's going to be some very real racing up there at the front of the pack. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I agree. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, what, are you, what are your kind of finishing goals or, or daily goals you know it's so hard you know i think um i really think if, if i can if i can stay focused and stay fed um i think 200 to 250 a day is is not unrealistic um you know i have some really odd strategies for maintaining that um I tend to be a people person by nature. Like I, I like nice people mm-hmm. and on the divide, man, that just sucks you. I mean, that's like, you know, you pull into the brush mountain lodge and, and Kirsten is there and you know, you plan on spending 15 minutes, grab a burger. And then like four hours later, you're still, you know, <laughs> right. Hashing out war stories. Cause somebody's being nice to you. Yeah. Um, so, so I actually want to know as little about the route as possible. Okay. Like somebody told me about Newton, you know, and that's great. Um, what's about like what's Kansas, Newton all about? Think, or, you know, it's out there in the middle. Um, but I mean, honestly, uh, you know, staying focused and uh, and staying on the bike uh, is so important for maintaining, you know, that level of mileage. Um, but I think you know somewhere in there is going to be doable. Um, as long as obviously some things don't come together and we're not fighting a headwind the whole time. Right. Um, but I think it's doable. I feel like it is anyway. We'll see. So what? That's, uh, the, the whole route is 4,233 miles. Yeah. Um, so what are you thinking like? Okay. All right. That's pretty, I mean, that's not bad then. That's pretty quick. No, I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think I can, I think I can maintain that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously a lot of things need to go right. I would really like to maintain the Ram pace, whatever the, you know, the Ram drop pace is. Yep. Yep. Um, to see if that's doable. I think that it is. Um, but cool. you know, yeah, yeah you, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. You just never know. I know. Uh, ho- just hope for a tailwind the whole time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And if there's not, you know, uh, 
on the divide several times. You know, you hit some of those really, really strong headwinds when I was northbound. Uh-huh. You know, and I would just sleep in the afternoon. Like, that just didn't make sense. So right. I'd just go to sleep and then ride all night. Right. Uh, Not a bad strategy. Well, I kind of had, you know, you just had to. Otherwise, you're just working too hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and the biggest uh, challenge that I've had on the divide both times is uh, is food. Um, I lost a pound a day. Okay. Uh, first year on the divide. Wow. And then I lost half a pound a day uh, last year. Um, so you weren't you know, eating. You weren't eating enough. I ate all the time. <laughs> all the time. I ate all the time. That's funny because whenever, uh, I, whenever I talk to Hefe uh, about eating he's like you just can't eat enough it's just it doesn't matter what you do you uh, just cannot eat enough and he's not a big guy no I, yeah. I mean he's yeah he's not a big guy at all but it is hard it's so hard uh, you know we're doing this thing at work we call it like the fitbit challenge you know it's one of these little wearable you know fitness monitor things yep you know but i go and do an eight hour bike ride and the thing says i'm burning like ten thousand calories in eight hours Oh, man. Like, yeah, so it's hard. And so I've, I've learned a lot about managing my caloric intake, and I have to make food a priority. Yep. You know, definitely the first year on the divide, I made riding the priority and staying on the bike. Um, but, you know, if you stay at that restaurant for 30 more minutes, you know, and take in a few more French fries and potatoes and maybe, you know, whatever, um, making that a priority, I did so much better last year. And you felt better? Oh, I felt oh, I felt great. I could have gone back, honestly. <laughs> I did. You know, you adapt to it. Like it just it becomes the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the end of, of the of the yo yo last year, I felt fantastic. Can I just ask one quick question about that? What saddle were you using? <laughs> so this is funny. So in twenty twelve, I was on a Brooks. Okay. You know, just like, a, I don't know, whatever, like the one that Brooks said was like the most comfortable one, right? Because right. I didn't even own a bike then, so I didn't know. Yeah. What I knew is that the saddle that came on the bike that I had was not going to work. Right. Um, anyway, but as you know, Brooks saddles are leather, and it rained a lot that okay. first week of 2012. And by the time I got to Butte, Montana, it looked like a John Deere tractor seat. Oh, man. Like, it was not functional. Okay. So, um... Went into the, the outdoorsman, and I uh, was like, hey, I need a saddle. And uh, I just kind of picked one off the wall that looked fast. And uh, it was like a specialized, I don't know, it's like a specialized mountain bike saddle. Okay. A little hole in the middle, a little racing thing. Uh, yeah, I forget the name of those, but yeah. I don't know. But anyway, uh, never looked back. Really? It, it finished the divide that last year, and it did the yo-yo. Um, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I've actually got a different saddle on the bike now. I had bought a newer specialized one. Okay. But I'm actually going to take the old one. Phantom, I think it's called. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, know. It's pretty it's, firm, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like a racing saddle. Yeah. That's... You know, but what I, you know, just kind of what I've learned, you know, obviously carrying more weight in your legs and uh, having good form right. um, on the bike is really... I think more important than the specific saddle, because um, I think you could go through a hundred saddles and um, you know never find the perfect one. Yep, yeah. that's so, kind of what I'm going through right now. <laughs> a lot of people go through that. It it's is, hard. It um, stinks. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely had 
had some bad ones. I had a, like a physique that was totally not for me yep. that I tried. It's just, and, and they're so expensive, so it's like so hard to like, oh, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. You know, so I guess I just kind of looked out. I, I don't, you know, I've, and I've stuck with that, the, um, and it seems to be working, so. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Um, and in terms of bags, uh, you're using, what, the new Epidura bags, um, and then uh, a custom bag, you said? Yeah, yep, yep, And then um, Nuclear Sunrise. Awesome. Stitch Yeah, Wits. made me a, uh, um, a full frame bag is actually what I'm using. Okay. So, I don't know if any of this matters, and there's probably like a whole lot of like triathlon guys like listening to the statement that I'm about to make. But I did a whole bunch of research, and it turns out that uh, MIT has a cycling team. <laughs> okay. And they publish like their engineering department publishes um, aerodynamic principles for their cycling team. Huh. And so I read this huge document and a whole lot of other research because again, like I know nothing about road bikes. Um, in trying to figure out where does aerodynamics actually matter and does it, you know, I'm not going to be doing 25 miles an hour. Right. I'm not. Right. So a bike going 25 miles an hour acts very differently than a bike going 20 miles an hour versus a bike doing 15. Right. So, you know, you can look at these, you know, these time trial bikes that are quite a bit heavier but if you're doing 25, 26, 27 miles an hour, they definitely make sense. Um, now, at 210 pounds, I can't ride time trial wheels. Okay. Like, they're all weight, you know, you know, they've got weight limits, and almost none of them are, have enough holes, you know, for the dynamo hubs. And um, But, you know, so I've really tried to focus, at least as much as I can, while maintaining some level of practicality, on keeping the bike aerodynamic. And um, one of the things that really kind of stood out was this water bottle concept that uh, two water bottles on the bike is like a recipe for drag. Okay. You can have one on either your down tube or your seat tube, but not both. Um, right. And, you know, and, and you definitely want one. If you're running an aero bar, you definitely want a bottle between your arms to break up airflow. Um, and so then I was like, you know what? I, I really think the only way to do this um, is with a full frame bag, um, interesting, so that air is not getting stuck. Matter? I don't know. It feels <laughs> like it does to me. Yeah. <clears throat> but wherever you know, and then that also enables me to run a smaller bag behind the seat, okay. which is another area of major drag. Yep. Is it? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, like those two, uh, you know, those water bottle holders, all the tri- or at least the triathlon people used to use that uh, would hold two bottles right behind the seat. Right, yep. Uh, that actually creates a lot of drag. Okay. Uh, you know, you could think of like a trailer behind a car. You, you know, basically, yep. even though it's close to the rider, it, it's still back there. It's disrupting the airflow and it's drag and... Does any of that matter? I, I, there's probably some triathlon guy like laughing at all of that, but I figure <laughs> if it's wasted energy, like <clears throat> why do it? Right. So yeah, I agree. I, yeah. Um. Interesting. And then so uh, Dave made you. Is it like a Cuban or is it just like an X pack bag or or what? Uh, you know, 
that's so funny because I don't even have it yet. Like he's working on it. Oh, cool. But, um, you know, I called him last minute. You know, of course, like in a panic. Yeah. Like, man, uh, you know, like this part of my stuff is working, but I really think I need to do this. And so um, he sent me pictures of it. Uh, it's shiny and light. So, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Cool. You know. Yeah. And then it'll hold. Uh, you know, my uh, my bladder, and then um, you know, my electronics for the bike, and yep. and, and all that. So. Some really, some really like specialized. You know, I, I know what I like. You know, I know how I function on the bike, and and so I was able to customize some of that um, a little bit more. Um, and I think full frame bags just give you a lot more functionality for the weight. Yep. So yeah, seems to yeah, I think it's gonna work out. Cool. Yeah, I I went with a full frame bag for the Arizona Trail Race this year, and I was definitely a lot more happier because the the previous year i had just like a relevate um tangle bag so like a half frame bag or whatever right, and yeah, right. that's what i've always run yeah that and the two bottles and then a huge saddle bag and this time i just put everything in the frame that's and right it was it was it worked out really well yeah i've heard that from so many people so that's definitely i think the way that i'm going in the future for most for the most part yeah <clears throat> um cool let's move on to um, Trans North Georgia. Are you still planning on doing that? That is the plan. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, obviously that one's not near as high on the priority list. And, right. You know, the mountain bike it currently is in pieces. Um, <laughs> you know, so we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, you know, I had befriended um, Scott Bigpin. You know, he's from out there. Yep. Um, and, and he's kind of big into that race. You know, I befriended him last year on the divide and I wanted to go out there last year and I just couldn't get away right. to, um, to get out there and go and do that one. Um, it, so it's been on the list. So yeah, I mean, the plan is uh, to get out there. Cool. Yeah, I definitely, <clears throat> I'd like to head out there sometime as well. It, it looks like a pretty fun, um, and I love what we call fun. Yeah, right. You know how much climbing there is on the Trans North Georgia? How much? Uh, 75,000 feet and 350 miles. Perfect. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of climbing. Wow. That's more than, that's mile for mile. That, I mean, that's more than the Colorado Trail Race. Yep. Yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I, so I definitely have to put that one on the list then. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that I was looking at records um, for that race, and it says in 2012, Eddie O got the record in two days and 34 minutes. And then last year, it said that there's these two guys, Jason Merle and Shay Lindner, um, and they both finished in two days and 34 minutes as well. So I was just, uh, I, I was curious about I'm that. Sure, Eddie. Last year, I thought Eddie broke 48 hours. Did he? And and somebody else did. They, like, obliterated the course record last year. Okay. Then maybe the... There was a girl. Webs- there was a girl that did it, too. Really? And, and I, yeah, they did less than 48 hours. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Then they need to update their website along with uh, the Tour Divide people. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Matthew yeah. is not doing that anymore or what. Cause I don't know. Man, I would I totally know. take it on, but I don't know who's got the owns the server or whatever or the the website. Yeah, 
definitely email and ask. Yeah. Especially if somebody's willing to do it, I would think. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Um, cool. So my, I guess my last kind of uh, question for you um, is you are accepting donations for the Medical Relief Foundation. Um, can you kind of explain that a little bit more and explain what they do? Yeah. So um, these guys, um, this isn't kind of your run-of-the-mill um, international medical clinic. Um, these guys are doing, um, almost as invasive a surgeries as you could imagine, um, in countries all over, uh, you know, Africa, um, some rural European countries. I mean, they're, they're just, they're all over the place. Uh, and they're doing just some really, really amazing work in communities where, you know, you would not be able to have surgeries that are this invasive. Um, you know, I think what most people are familiar with in a lot of these programs is, uh, you know, kind of your run of the mill village clinic. Um, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of, um, family practice, you know, obstetric oriented medical services. Um, and they do that too. Um, but they definitely put an emphasis on, uh, on bringing, you know, high quality evidence-based kind of Western medicine into some really, really rural, uh, communities. So, um, I didn't write the webpage down on me. I know, uh, it's I think M- I put it. I have the, I have it in front of me. It's called, uh, it's mrfusa.org. Yeah. So, so you can go on there and, and there's, there's map. You can, you can, you can see it all. You can see the work. Um, I've been intrigued by it, uh, and these folks for a long time. I hope to get out there with them soon. Cool. Um, you know, and they need volunteers too. Yeah. Um, at pretty much every level, you know, nurses, whatever, uh, go out, work on some folks, and uh, and bring modern medicine into some pretty rural communities. So that's kind of the idea. Cool. Well, that's it. That's definitely yeah. a good cause. Yeah, you know, I mean, at uh, at some level, this whole thing is uh, you're out there, you're by yourself, you're solo. I mean, it's the whole thing is just really kind of selfish in nature, like it has to be. Um, right. Yeah. So I think what you see in a lot of these racers, you know, especially in a lot of the the more mature, you know, racers, and um, I think in in the folks that I would consider that kind of have it figured out a little bit, you know, you you know, I think you kind of have to put the priority somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a lot of racers who have come forward this year with uh, with with their own charities or their causes or whatever, and uh, I think that's really really good to see. Yeah. You know, I think that's, um, you know, the whole bikepacking community in general is amazing. Like, I mean, the, the people, you know, you, well, you know, like you go out on these races, you meet somebody for three and a half minutes and you wind up being like lifelong friends. Right. And, um, it, it's so crazy, you know, uh, very, very quality three and a half minutes. Yep. And, uh, I think it's just, you know, people are trying to give back. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's, you know, it's kind of what it's about. I agree. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add uh, before we wrap it up? No. I mean, I think I'm good. I, you know, I'll t- take my two seconds to uh, to wish everybody luck out there. You know, on the Trans Am and on the Tour Divide, and you know, and I told the Hefe and I told uh, Max Morris, you know, they need to step it up 
and uh, we need to meet for lunch in Hartzell, Colorado. Yep. Uh, where the Trans Am and the uh, cross right and the Tour Divide. Well, you know they they cross a couple of times. I think Hartzell's like the last place, uh, at least by my memory, or at least where there's like a good restaurant. Okay. Know? Yep. Uh, so that's going to be the meetup. So that'll be interesting to see some of these guys crossing in these areas. Um, you know, they, the, the two routes start crossing in West Yellowstone. Right, yeah. Right? I, and, and then it's kind of on and off. It'd be uh, cool it's going to be hard, I think, for some of us to keep the bike on the right route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I think it'd be cool if Scott or Matthew could put a a, a, a link together where you could track like in that whole general region. Yeah. Isn't Scott riding the continental? Yeah. Yeah. So he's completely out of the loop, but we can message him. Yeah. I'm sure sure. he's still Facebooking. He's been in Pie town for like three days. Right. (laughs) Like he can make it happen. Oh, that, that's going to be a a heck of a, a trip for them. That is incredible. You know, I had the, uh, I was on a business trip in Phoenix I had uh, just absolute luck. They were touring. They were on what they called the Taco Tour yep. of the AZT. Yeah, I remember that. And I was able to run into them. It was that was really that. Oh, was I saw fantastic. that picture. That's right. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're on the Continental Divide Trail yep. now. And, and uh, that yeah, was opened to to bikers last year, I believe. Right. Yeah. Sometime middle summer or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is probably the most difficult bike ride ever. If you know, so you know we're gonna have to race it. Next yeah, time. right. No. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, cool, Billy. Well, um, right. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, for joining us on Bike Packer Radio. Um, and Bike Packer fans, if uh, um, you are interested, uh, head on over to Bike Packer or bikepackersmagazine.com um, and there's a full uh, Q&A on Billy Rice and um, uh, yeah um, we will be back I think probably in two weeks um, with Hefe Bronham uh, right before the Tour Divide um, so that should be interesting otherwise uh, happy trails and we will talk to you later thanks thanks